the last several years of my life have been pretty rocky. And while I'm on the other side and I feel really good today, I look back and I do remember thinking at times I wished I had a minor accident and would land in a hospital, just having to be in a hospital bed with a minor injury or just to be observed for a few days so that I could get away from all the obligations and all the things that I had to do and that I was involved in and needed my attention. If you can relate to this, or if you are a leader who wants to make sure that you pick up and employees aren't doing well and know what to look out for to mitigate or prevent exhaustion or leading indicators of burnout, then this episode is for you. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team effectively, and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question, and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders. I'm a leadership coach, a mom of three, a coffee lover, and a travel enthusiast. Stick around because in this show, you'll learn how to think, communicate, and act to become a confident, high-performing leader people love to work with. Let's go. Welcome to this episode of the Manage to Track podcast. So the story of me daydreaming about landing in a hospital is true. And I don't have those dreams anymore, but there was a time not too long ago when everything just felt too much and I wanted a break. But if you're a parent and I have three kids, then you know that even a weekend or a vacation is never really a break. It just means there's no school and kids with lots of energy need to be entertained. Houses need to be cleaned. Laundry needs to be done. Groceries need to be back in the fridge and the list goes on. So it's a true story. Um, I did feel this and I actually bonded over this story with one of my clients a little while ago because she felt exactly the same way. And as odd as it sounds and as almost crazy as it sounds, it, we both realized that we're not alone in this. Sometimes as leaders with a lot of responsibilities and on top of that, if you're taking care of family members, you have other obligations or you're taking care of kids, it can just feel like too much. So in this episode, I want to talk about burnout, but not focus too much on the actual sort of mental state of burnout. I'm not qualified to do that, but I want to talk about the leading indicators of burnout. What I see causes leaders, especially, but also other employees, especially high performing employees to overdo that then increases the likelihood for them to actually have a burnout. So this is what this episode is about. So if you're noticing symptoms such as poor sleep, feeling exhausted, being irritable, especially when someone is making a demand on you, or losing motivation, maybe procrastinating of doing things that you previously enjoyed doing, or you're avoiding certain things, or you notice you're sort of trying to distract yourself from the stress and worry with Netflix wine, too many beers, or anything else to numb the feelings that you have. 
Those are early indicators of burnout. And it's really important. I want to say this up front. You seek professional help. Depending on where you are, if you're in that early stage, a coach can be an incredibly valuable resource to help you get back on track. And we're going to talk about that in this episode. The further down the line you are, you want to make sure you get proper medical support. But let's look at the bigger picture for a second. DDI did a study of 15,000 leaders and over 2,000 HR professionals from February 2020 through July 2020. So that was right as the pandemic hit. And it's the biggest study that I can find. But I'm pretty certain that these numbers have climbed up since. So in that study, DDI found and then shared in its leadership forecast of 2021 that nearly 60% of leaders reported that they feel used up at the end of the workday. And that feeling of being completely used up is a strong indicator of burnout or early stage exhaustion. In addition, 44% of leaders who felt used up at the end of the day were expected to leave the company within the next year. And those numbers are already a steep increase from their prior forecast report. And while I do not have the data, we would probably both agree that the numbers are even higher today. I hear sentences such as, I just can't do this anymore, or it doesn't matter how hard I work, I'll never catch up. Or things such as, I wish I could retire tomorrow or just quit. I hear that all the time and that's a hard place to be in. If those sentences run through your mind and you're noticing you're feeling exhausted and just tired of the pace and tired of the work and maybe tired of the people that you work with, it's crucial that you take action right now to mitigate some of these factors. And if you notice someone on your team saying things such as, I I just can't keep up or I I don't know if I can do this anymore, those all need to be red flags to you. Someone opening up and being vulnerable about that, it probably already took quite a bit of courage for someone to say that to you because they are likely worrying about losing their job or not performing well. And so bringing it up with you is really sort of a cry for help. And it's important that then you as a leader, you're not leading with your head in that moment. You jump in and you lead with your heart. This whole idea of people first will have to be your biggest mantra right then and there. No deadlines right then and there to look for ways to support them, to look for resources and connect with HR, to find resources, to get them access to additional support, ideal outside support, and to work with them on their boundaries and so forth. And with that in mind, let's talk about what are some of those factors that can lead to burnout. This will be important for you yourself, but also as you might find yourself in a situation where you step into a support role for one of your employees. Now I want to share this. As I go through the four factors leading to burnout, this is my personal perspective. I do not have research backing me up. I am not a health professional, but what I see from having coaching conversations with leaders day in and day out, many of them who are currently or have in the past dealt with exhaustion or a sense of burning out. This is my personal perspective. Okay, so let's dive in. The first factor could be a personal situation. So someone might be kind of running up a capacity, but then these external circumstances just kind of throw them overboard. This could be a death in the family. This could be uh, an issue with with a marriage or a partner. This could be a health scare that they had or someone really close to them had. 
or something else or there was a big loss of money or anything else that to them is a big emotional um, stress factor and that's the thing that creates an additional stress that they are not able to tolerate. Now when this happens, look for ways to be flexible to accommodate their needs uh, to from high stake projects for the time being until they figured out or their personal situations have calmed down a bit. Yeah, so it's just a time when we have to step in and calm down a bit. The second factor leading to burnout is the combination of a high pressure environment and perceived lack of control. So if you're a high performer, you're working in a fast paced environment, there's a lot of things that you need to do and responsibilities on your shoulders. You're now also a leader. You also feel responsible for the people on your team, hiring them, supporting them. And it's so much coming your way and it feels heavy on your shoulders. And at the same time, you feel like you're at the effect. You're kind of the victim of this whole thing because you got very little say in it. You have to constantly be on. You have to constantly respond to Slack messages or to emails. And even if you don't want to, you feel like you have to. This is the perceived lack of control. And the combination of high pressure environment and perceived lack of control is a very common factor that leads to burnout. So if you notice this happening for you or someone on your team, you got two levers to pull. One is to set stronger boundaries. And I get it. It's easier said than done because holding up these boundaries means that you'll have to be really uncomfortable, especially in the beginning. You'll have to sit here noticing that you got Slack messages, but you're not responding. You have to be okay letting someone else struggle because they're trying to get an answer from you, but they're not. And so you might be the bottleneck or they have to figure things out on their own. And you have to start building this emotional stamina to be okay and tolerate this discomfort. So setting boundaries is all about what you're going to do. And they sound great in the beginning, but then the implementation and the discipline that you'll need boils down with your ability to tolerate this this discomfort, to not give in to the urge in the moment to check your emails, to work at night, to say yes to new requests, but instead to say no, to decline meetings if they're after a certain hour in the day. And the list goes on. I'm pretty sure you know what those factors are for you. The second lever that you have is to delegate more. And you get really creative with this. For example, if I told you, you're going to lose your job unless you find three hours in the week of work that you are no longer doing, but now you're delegating to someone on your team. So you either delegate three hours of work a week to someone on your team, or you're going to lose your job without severance package, that is. Would you be able to find the three hours in your work week. Really challenge your thinking. And instead of looking for the big items to delegate and big projects and big responsibilities, break it down to smaller steps. Maybe it's a part of a routine that you have that you delegate out to others. Maybe it's meetings that you can delegate others. Maybe it's part of a preparation or a slide deck and you have someone else review first or provide part of the work and then you finish it up. Get creative, but if you really had to, Could you delegate more work? And what would that be? So this was the second factor. It was the high pressure and lack of control. The third factor, which I believe is probably the most common one, is the emotional burden that we carry. 
When you think about the times that you've been stressed out and you felt completely used up at the end of the day, I dare to make this assumption that most often you probably reflect back and you can tell that it wasn't as much as the hours that you were working as it was the emotional burden that you carried. What we talked about earlier with the delegating, what we talked about just a moment ago about setting boundaries and delegating, what you're doing there is you're slowing down the pace by setting boundaries and delegating more. With this emotional burden, you got to lighten the load. So now we're talking about the weight. You got to lighten the weight that you carry by better managing your emotions so that you're not spending so much time and exuding so much energy in guilt, worry, resentment, frustration, or conflict situations, and then ruminating over things of what went wrong, what's currently wrong, and what could go wrong. There's no magic pill to this. It really has to do with learning how to manage your emotions, how to manage your brain so that negativity doesn't suck the energy out of your day, leaving you then so heavy and burned out and you stop at the end of the day. Most of us have not learned these tools around managing our energy and managing our brains and our thinking growing up. So as adults, most of us have to learn this. I definitely didn't know about this until about seven years ago. Um, So way into my adulthood and learning about it changed my life. And now as I have kids, I try to instill these ideas in them early on. But I think this is probably the first generation that will be exposed to these ideas as we're learning more about neuroscience, how emotions are created and how we manage our emotions. So that was the third factor. The fourth factor is coming from what I believe a misalignment. And let me explain what I mean. Sometimes, especially for new managers, as they're entering this role of management, they're looking to other leaders and other leaders may even tell them specifically what they should be doing, how they should be deciding, how they should be leading their team. And so now they're feeling these pressures or requests or suggestions from people around them. And instead of getting really clear on who do I want to be as a leader and what feels good to me, what are my values and my leadership principles? And then using those internal drivers to guide actions and decisions and so forth. These managers will look outward to other people to figure out what they should be doing. And over time, they'll constantly adapt to other people around them, but there isn't a strong inner compass that's guiding their actions. And what they'll notice over time is that they start feeling a disconnect. There is some kind of dissonance that they're noticing about who they are as a leader and what they're doing day in and day out versus what they think would be the right thing to do. And because they don't trust themselves yet to make the decisions and maybe even go against what their boss is recommending them to do, they're dishonoring their own values and their own leadership compass. And this dissonance and disconnect can over time lead to their resentment, can lead to guilt, it can lead to this disconnect. And again, that's making the weight of leadership so much harder than it needs to be. 
This is also why in my new manager training, the Leadership Accelerator, I focus on helping you develop your own leadership principles. How do you want to lead? What are the standards that you set for yourself that feel good? So you can make decisions with that inner compass defined and you can trust yourself and your decisions as a result of this level of clarity. So let me quickly recap from my personal perspective. I think the four factors leading to exhaustion and potentially burnout are either tough personal situations, an environment where there's a combination of high pressure and lack of perceived control. Or number three, there is a heavy emotional burden that you carry. Or then number four, there's a disconnect there's a disconnect between how you act as a leader versus what is true to you. That's then at the core of the emotional heaviness. So we talked both about the pace of things, the pressure, not delegating, not setting boundaries, as well as the heaviness, the weight that we carry. So let's talk about a few things that you can do. Number one, be aware of the warning signs. I talked about it earlier. It's the poor sleep, the feeling exhausted, being irritable, loss of motivation, again, maybe you're avoiding or procrastinating on things, or engaging in activities that you do because you don't want to feel exhausted or don't want to feel any emotions that might be coming up. Number two is to increase your level of control and changing the pace. This includes setting boundaries and delegating more and dealing with the emotional discomfort that is going to come with it. If you want to be disciplined with actually making those changes. My third suggestion would be to take a step back and assess what matters most. Oftentimes we get kind of caught up into the things that seem to matter based on our environment, maybe our circle of friends, society, the workplace. When in fact, if we take a step back, let's say we were in a hospital bed, what would actually matter to us? Your perspective may change. And then from this new perspective, what would need to change in your life and on your calendar to honor what matters most? And let it say schedule, because if you say relationships matter most, we need to see that on your calendar. Could I look at your schedule and see that relationships, family, for example, or health or hobbies are important to you? Do you actually make time for it? Would I see that on your calendar? Scheduling personal time and do so first before your calendar gets flooded with other meetings and responsibilities can be a really big help in setting those boundaries and actually honoring the things and living by what matters most to you. And then last but not least, learn to manage your mind. If you're not sure what this means or how you can be less occupied with with negative thoughts, then let's chat. This is a big part of the work that I do and it can create a huge change, not just in your professional life, but also in your personal life. There's an interesting statistic to this. The the average American, and I'd be surprised if it was any different for um, non-Americans. So the average person spends about 70 to 80% their focus on negative thoughts. Again, that's all about what went wrong, what is wrong, and what could go wrong. And if you're not managing your brain, you're not supervising it, but it's taking charge, then we gotta talk. I refer to negative thinking and negative the negativity bias in last week's podcast, episode number 81. So if you're new to this, then go check that out to learn more. So 
So let me summarize this again. Be aware of the warning signs is number one. Increase your level of control and direction, meaning delegating and setting boundaries, was number two. Taking a step back to assess what matters most and to make sure that your calendar reflects this was number three. And number four was to learn to manage your mind. These are, based on my experience, the most effective ways to intervene and course correct as soon as you notice some early warning signs of exhaustion or even burnout. And with that, I'm going to close up this episode. This was kind of a heavy one. I'm sure we have a more lighthearted topic next week. I'll see you then. Take good care of yourself and of your team. Thanks for listening and bye-bye. If you love this show, then you'll love even more my free training for new managers. If you haven't watched this training yet, then I'll strongly encourage you to sign up at ramonashaw.com forward slash masterclass. You'll discover the key shifts you'll need to make as a new manager and the number one most common mistake to avoid. Plus, you'll walk away with actionable tips that you can apply in your role right away. Go to ramonashaw.com forward slash masterclass to sign up.